If you're looking for the steps to success, then you're in the right place. My name is Courtney Steven, and this is the Come Up Podcast. Let's get it. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Courtney Steven, and this is another episode of the Come Up Podcast. Today, I'm bringing you a real special episode, taking the the live audio. Well, I guess it's not live anymore, but this is an excerpt from a keynote speech that I did at Wilson Blanchard Property Management, which is one of the top three property management companies in Canada. You know, I got a chance to speak to all the property managers out there about supreme confidence and how they can take their leadership to the next level and deliver results in high pressure situations. Now, this presentation was all about the skills and the techniques that athletes and, you know, other high stakes performers understand and have been using for years. Now, they're not necessarily secrets. These things are well known, but they are not necessarily well practiced. So I broke it down into four categories, the science, the study, the sport and the power of having a single focus. Please check this one out. If you ever have to get up in front of a crowd of people, it doesn't matter if it's five, if it's 50, if it's 500, these skills will apply and they will be helpful to you. So check this one out. Check me out on Instagram at the C. Steven. You know, hit up the website, whatever you want to do. But at the end of the day, just make sure that you listen to this episode. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, I'm going to try and do this without the mic because that's what my football coach would do. All right. So one of the first things I learned when I was in college, I was very, I was very timid. I have to go back, right? I have to go back and tell you where it started. I started playing football when I was about eight years old, okay? I didn't really know what was going on. They just kind of put me out there. I had one of them helmets with the bar in the middle. You know, it looked real goofy. But eventually, I got pretty good at the game. So I fell in love with it, and I wanted to see how far I could go with the game, right? But in order to get really good at something, you got to practice. Eventually, after years and years and years and years and years and years and years of practice, taking a lot of risks, somehow I ended up playing NCAA football. Just about 60 miles west of Chicago, sitting in a room with 120 other guys who could tell you the same story coming from their hometown. I'm, I'm finding myself in a crowd full of type A personalities, right? So when you're in a room full of people who are all trying to stand out, used to being the guy, right? Everybody was the guy at their old school before they got to Northern Illinois University. When the coach asks a question in the room, he says, all right, we got Cover three zip blitz right here. What are you supposed to do, Steven? You're like, oh, shoot, I'm supposed to. I just... <laughs> Speak up, man. Speak up. What are you supposed to do? How am I supposed to put you on the field if you don't know what you're supposed to do? Well, that's when I learned one thing about confidence, okay? Volume reflects confidence very often. So that's a long story to tell you why this mic, may, it might have helped me, but I've learned how to project a certain confidence just off of the way that I talk, all right? So that's something that is super easy for us to understand. Even if you don't know what you're saying and you say it loud. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, all right, I don't know if you guys got pens and papers, but when you're checking your email, if you just nod with me, I'll think you're taking notes and we can, we can get something out of this. So, this is my world, all right? This was the most people that I had ever been in front of, all right? In 2013, January 1st, I played in a game called the Orange Bowl. Now, I don't know if you could, you could see my ring from back there. When I got it, my coach told me, he said, this is called a 10-table ring. I said, 10-table ring? I don't understand. Why is this a 10-table ring? He said, because you can see it from 10 tables away. 
<laughs> but we played in this game. We played against Florida State January 1st. It was one of the biggest games in college football. It's called the Orange Bowl, all right? So one thing that I got out of that experience playing in the Orange Bowl was that the feeling I had before that game when I stepped on, on that green in front of 72,000 people was no different than the feeling that I got when I was in the 12th grade English class and I had to get up in front of 28 people and give a presentation. It was no different than the feeling I get now when I'm about to get on the phone with, with a prospect from a big you know, consumer packaging goods company and tell them about the services that we can deliver. It's no different than the feeling I got when I was about to get down on one knee and ask my wife if I was going to marry her. It doesn't matter the size of the group. The butterflies are still the same. You understand? So the strategies that I use to get ready out, out here and go and perform are the same strategies that you guys can use when you're going to go into a room full of people who got a lot of stuff to complain about. So I break it down into uh, four steps, right? I feel like it's great to get motivated. Don't get me wrong. Motivation is necessary. Energy is necessary. It's like taking a shower. It, it, it works for a while, then you got to do it again, right? But I always want people to learn something. You have to learn something from me, otherwise I don't feel like I did my job. So there's four pillars to really becoming more confident, all right? And I'm gonna go into each of them. We're gonna talk about the science of it. We're gonna talk about how to study to be more confident. Then we're gonna talk about the sport of confidence. And I'm gonna tell you the power of having a single focus, okay? This is the very simple principles of becoming more confident. Nobody comes out the womb confident. We all learn how to be confident, all right? So, 25.3%. Let me ask a question. How many of you people would want to be up here right now? Now, you guys are exceptional, all right? You guys are leaders in your own right already. But generally, how many of you want to get up here and just give this presentation right now? Hands up. Okay. Okay. We got a couple. We got a couple. 25.3%, all right? They say that public speaking is the greatest fear that most people have of the whole population of the world, all right? Now, this, this was uh, in uh, Forbes magazine, I believe. But there's one in four people would rather be sitting on the ledge of a five-story building before they get up here and, and talk in front of 100, right? And why is that? Why is it so hard for us to get in front of people and speak? It's simple, because humans, people, we're, we're part of a group. Right? You have to go back and learn about how we grew and developed into the beings that we are now. All right? We are social creatures. So when it was back in the days, I'm talking way before Wi-Fi, back in the days, <laughs> when it was, you know, the sun came up and we had to go hunter-gatherer style, find something to eat. All right? Or if it was, you know, farming, whatever it was, we depended on other people. So to be alienated was to put yourself at risk. This is a part of our programming. You have to understand the science of it. This is a part of who we are. This is our instincts. So the last thing I want to be is alienated. So when I stand up in front of people and I talk with my big loud voice and I say something stupid, I'm risking alienation. Now, you don't sit down every, every day and when you're, you're thinking about it and say, man, today I hope I don't get alienated today. <laughs> you know, like nobody does that. But let's be honest, like in the back of your head, you're thinking, Man, I'm going to sound stupid if I say that, right? So there's ways around this issue. There's ways around this problem. And it all starts with understanding. 
Regardless of what game you're playing, leadership wins the game. All right, it doesn't matter if we're talking military tactics, politics, relationships, leadership wins the game. All right, they say in football, if you got a good quarterback, you got a chance to win. They say if you don't have a good quarterback, you got a great chance to lose. Because the quarterback touches the ball every play, he calls the plays, he knows where the O-line goes, he knows where the receiver's at, he tells the running back what to do when he bumps his head and forgets what the next play is. The quarterback is the leader. So if you got a good leader, you got a good chance. So whenever you're in a room, it doesn't matter if you're appointed or not, you have an opportunity to lead. Now, good leaders all share one key thing, and that's confidence, right? Now, confidence is not never being afraid, right? Confidence is doing what you got to do in spite of however you feel. So when we get more into the science of it, I'm going to explain to you how your brain works and how you could leverage all those feelings. But how can we become more confident, all right? You got to know yourself, all right? You got to know your body. You got to know what's going on inside. So let me ask you this. This is my friend Taylor, Taylor Swift. What kind of expression is she making on her face right now? Is she shocked? Is she happy? Did somebody just jump out? Did she stub her toe? There could be a number of things that she's feeling right now. And given this glimpse, it's hard for us to really certainly say exactly what she's feeling, all right? This is how our body and our brain work. There's a weird connection between your mind and your body. And sometimes we process things from the top down, and sometimes we process things from the bottom up. I'm going to explain what that means to you, but it's important to understand because then when you feel things in your body, you will be able to understand where they come from. Now, your body, bottom-up processing, this is how it works. You feel something, you react, and then you think about it and make sense of it logically, right? You touch the stove, it's super hot, you don't have time to do the math, pull your hand back, and then you assess the situation. It's a reflex, right? We're built with reflexes to protect ourselves, right? We don't want to get up on stage because we get this feeling in our stomach, and when we get that feeling on the stomach, it's like, I get nervous because I'm not good at public speaking, right? But that's not the truth. That is just your misunderstanding of the fuel that your body is giving you so you could perform at this peak level, right? Your body is a machine, F1 race car, fighter jet, but it's, it's just a matter of if you have the license or not to drive this thing, all right? So when you're going to go hunting, your body's got all kinds of chemicals in there that are going to make you sharper. It's going to dilate your pupils if it's nighttime. It's going to make your hands sweat so that you can, you know, hold on to things and your grip will be stronger, right? Your blood is going to start flowing. You might sweat a little bit, right? These are to make you a predator, fierce. But if I'm standing up here and my palms are sweating and my heart is pounding, what am I going to think? I'm nervous, right? But that's the bottom-up processing. You feel it, and then you think about it. The other way around is when you think about something, then you do it, and then you have an emotion after that. So when I'm about to get on stage, I'm thinking, man, I'm the best speaker in the world. They should be paying me 100 grand for this. Then I go do my thing, and I feel all these emotions coming into me. I feel the butterflies coming, and I'm like, yep, nitrous just kicked in. Now I'm in the zone. It's the same feeling, but it's a different interpretation because I understood it. So when you see Taylor Swift's face, 
If you put the Grammy right next to her, it makes sense. Taylor is excited she got the Grammy, right? But if you put the boogeyman next to her, Taylor's afraid she saw the boogeyman. So it's not that what you see is what's real. It's what you believe is what's real, all right? So the first step in becoming more confident is changing what you believe. You got to understand the science. You got to understand the relationship between mind and body, all right? You're going to feel things. And it's never going to stop. Like I told you, it doesn't matter what stage you're on. The butterflies remain the same. So now it's a matter of can we get them all to fly in the same direction? So moments. Moments are powerful. And I talk about this a lot. But in life, you have these things I call flashbulb moments. So this is, this is from way before my time. But before we had these bad boys, you wanted to take a selfie? They had this big guy with a light. And it was like, OK. We're going to do it on three, okay, because I only got three of these bulbs. They blow up after I use them. But when I do it, we'll make an exposure. We'll capture the frame, and it will, be stay, it will stay there forever, all right? It's called a flashbulb moment. It's something that is burned into your mind forever. First time you get up in front of a big group of people, you're feeling these nerves. You're about to walk up on stage. Your shoelace is untied. You trip. <clears throat> Everybody laughs. You feel like an idiot. Flashbulb moment. You never want to do it again, Right? But you have to be careful of which moments you pay the most attention to. If I have a ton of moments where I can see myself being successful, then that's going to be the, the identity that I think is real. So it's important you put yourself in situations where you can have more moments that support the person you want to be. You understand? It's important to get up in front of five people and give that speech and kill it. Because then when you get up in front of 10 people, you know that you did it for five. You could do the same thing on a bigger scale. And, kill it again. So moments. Moments are powerful. I encourage you to look for small wins, especially if you know that you are a leader appointed. When you're not the appointed leader, it's time to step up and just practice a little bit. And that's going to get us into our, our next point. Study your game plan, all right? Learners are earners. Anybody in here like earning? I like earning. You guys don't like earning? Come on, guys. We dress nice. I see you guys. You put on your nice clothes today. You drove some car. I see the cars in the parking lot. You guys like earning. I like earning. But learners are the real earners, right? When you have better awareness, you can make better decisions. Let me tell you a story about a time when I had low awareness, okay? Pro athlete going to go speak to a bunch of fifth graders. Sounds simple enough. I walk in, flex my muscles. Everybody goes crazy. I'm thinking it's going to be easy. So we're talking about food and nutrition, how to live a healthy lifestyle, exercise, eating apples, salad, easy stuff, right? So I talk for 15 minutes, and at the end, question and answer. Worst decision of my life. <laughs> so I call on this, this young lady in the middle, and she stands up in front of all her friends, and she just looks at me with the most sincere face and says, what if you're getting bullied? And I was like... Damn, she just asked me a real-life question that she really needs to answer to, and I don't have the answer right now. So what am I supposed to say? What am I supposed to do? I paused. I froze. And this is my first public speaking appearance that I did as a professional athlete. I'm over here thinking that I got this in the bag. I didn't get ready for it. We're talking about fruits and vegetables. I eat fruit every day. <laughs> so long story short is I gave my best advice I could, and I went home, and I told the uh, community manager for my team, hey, listen, don't ever put me in front of any question and answer period ever again. I'm never doing it. I'm done. 
These kids killed me. But the moral of the story is this. When you're going into a situation, you have to understand what variables are at play. If, if I'm going into a sales conversation, I'm never going to go in without the contract to write up. I don't care if we're, we're not supposed to write it up today. Bring the contract, right? Because preparation breeds confidence. When I know that there are six things that could possibly go wrong, if I know that there are three key objections that people generally have, if I know that the roof is leaky, I'm going to come with an answer as to why the roof is leaky. People are going to challenge you. And there are only so many outcomes that could possibly happen from a certain situation. Now, things that happen are un un unseen sometimes, but the majority of things can be accounted for. So in football, we always practice for multiple situations. When to do the onside kick, the field goal, punt return, punt block, how to defend a long pass, a short pass, a wide pass, a run play. If you have better information, you can make better decisions. That's why I said learners are earners, because the people who know more do better. And that's just the facts. So once you understand what's at stake, what, what variables are at play, you got to get comfortable executing. You have to be comfortable executing. For me, as you can see, I got one, two, three, four, five words on the slide, okay? For me, this is cheating. Because a lot of times I have to talk with nothing. But since I've done this so many times, that's gonna jog my memory just enough so that I can remember the story associated with this slide. But that comes from repetition. Our coaches teach us that if you see a lot, you get lost. But if you see a little, you'll see a lot, right? So. We watch the plays and we break them down to the point where in a split second, based on all of the studying I did, all of the information I've gathered, I'm going to know which of my techniques to go to. All right, so here's an example. We're getting ready to, to play against the Calgary St. Peters a couple years ago, okay? And at this point in time, I didn't like those guys, but they weren't cutting the checks, so. And they had this fellow by the name of Markway McDaniel, okay? Good guy. He used to play for Hamilton, actually, once upon a time. And on second and long, okay, that means, for you guys who are not football fans, you got to take the ball 10 yards to get first down. Not going to get into it. Second and long, whenever the ball was on the left hash and Markway was the third receiver in from the outside, he would run down the field, take one step to the outside, and then come back towards the inside. The quarterback would put the ball right on the money. And this is, this is like a lot of variables had to line up for this one play. It had to be the right down and distance. The ball had to be on the correct hash. He had to be lined up at the specific spot on the field. And then there was a greater possibility that this might be the play. Right? But I told you, if you see a lot, you get lost. If you see a little, you'll see a lot, though. Right? So when I get into the game and I get in this situation because I've practiced and I've seen it and we went through this scenario over and over and over again, I don't have to really do all that calculation. My body will take over because I've practiced. I've thought about it and practiced. And then when I got into the situation, I saw him. He broke here. He came back. Boom. And I get to make my play because I've practiced. I've practiced. And I've gone through the process of moving from unconscious incompetence to unconscious competence. I'll explain that in a second. But Long story short is, if you want to get better at something, you have to invest. And there's really only two things that you can invest in life. It's time or money. If you don't have any time, that means you probably are making money. So you got to invest the money. If you don't have any money, you probably got a lot of time. 
Let's be honest, guys. But what are you investing in yourself, all right? Learners are earners, but if you pay, you pay attention, right? So it's important to invest back into yourself. Nobody else is going to make you better at what you do. You have to take ownership of your own development and put something on the books. You have to pay for something in order to get it back. Now, you might not pay with dollars, but you have to invest the time and the effort and the focus in order to get a return. So... Like I said earlier, there's four stages of mastery, all right? There's four stages of mastery. You begin in a place where we call unconscious incompetence, all right? This is when you don't know what you don't know. Unconscious incompetent. I don't know what I don't know. All right, I showed up to football. I got my pads on backwards, and the coach is like, all right, you're a wide receiver. I'm like, okay, when do I start tackling people? All right, this is unconscious incompetence. From there, the next step you have to get to is conscious incompetence, which means that you are aware of the things you are doing wrong so you can begin to try and change them, all right? So you're going from a state of not knowing and being lost to a state of understanding, okay, this is the map, and I'm just not on the right path right now. So once you understand where the path is, you have to go from conscious incompetence to conscious Competence. This is the third stage. This is when you know what to do, and you can coach yourself, and you can do the right thing. But to be elite in anything, negotiator, leader, speaker, teacher, parent, you have to be able to reach the fourth and final stage of mastery called unconscious competence. That means that you could do it in your sleep. You could walk downstairs with a baby in one arm and the lights off, find your way to the kitchen and warm up the bottle without even opening your eyes, right? Unconscious competence is when I get on the field and I don't have to think about what are my feet doing when my hands go up to catch the ball. Unconscious competence is I know all the numbers. I go into the meeting, I've read it so many times that when they ask me a question, I don't think back to it, I'm familiar with it and I can give them the information they're asking for because it's a part of me. If you want to be elite, you have to prepare. And if you're going to be the best, you have to get a lot of reps. So you got to find your focus. This is step four. The only way to really make it through all of these things, take advantage of the fuel your body is giving you, you know, study the game and be able to make, take the reps to take your game up to that notch it needs to be at, you have to find your focus and you have to narrow in. They asked the great hitter, Babe Ruth. I don't even know where this quote comes from. I know it comes from Babe, but somebody asked him. They said, Babe, what do you think about when you strike out? And he said, I think about hitting home runs. Regardless of what's going on, you got to know what's the point, okay? What's the point? In a social setting, even if we are friends and it's a good conversation, there's still an objective. I'm here to build familiarity. Okay, I'm here to book a meeting. I'm here to resolve an issue. I'm sending this email to get this done, right? When you have objectives, when you have targets, you can hit them. The problem about not knowing where you're going is you might end up getting there. So you have to have a focus. You have to know exactly what you're trying to accomplish because I promise you this, there's no such thing as luck. I was leaving my house today. My wife said, good luck. I said, there is no luck. Luck is for those people who are unprepared. 
So if you really want to be something that you're not right now, you have to ask yourself, what is the difference in the behaviors that I have, the actions that I take, the things I believe that is separating me from here to there? What's the bridge? Because it doesn't matter where you're at in your career or in your life. You don't have to be there forever. It can take a day. It could take a year. It could take 10. We can always make a transformation. We can always grow and we could always end up somewhere else doing something better. Right? So you have to ask yourself, what is it that I got to do? How can I invest in myself? What actions should I take? And that comes down to this. You have to focus on the things that are within your control. Always focus on controlling the controllable factors. This is something that my, my roommate taught me when I was in college. You know, I'm, I'm a deep thinker. I read a lot of books, watch documentaries and stuff. And from time to time, that becomes my downfall, thinking too much. What if this happens? What about this scenario? What if this doesn't go the right way? Right, my coach calls it chasing ghosts. You're never going to catch them. And if you did, what would you do? It's like chasing the end of the rainbow. You'll never get there. So you have to focus on the things that are actually tangible or the things that you can measure, the things that are within your control. All right? Now, you guys ever heard of 80-20 rule? When you go to do something, 80% of your results come from 20% of the effort. Right? So that means that you have to prioritize the things that matter over the things that... Mm, Matter a little bit, but not really. Because at the end of the day, you're not going to impress everybody. I'm not going to be able to keep every single person in this room's eye contact for the whole time I speak. I'm not going to take it personal. Guys, I check my email all the time. You know what I mean? But you have to understand that it's all a part of it. You have to understand that you've got to control what you can control. I was telling Jeff yesterday, I bought a house yesterday. I got lucky, all right? I would say I got lucky in the sense that I did everything I could do and I took all of those variables out of it, and then after that, it was just up to the man upstairs. Is it going to happen or not? There was 18 offers on the table. All right? That's a lot of offers. And the thing is, you only get to put in your initial bid, and then if it's in the top five, you put in a second bid. They say, is that your best? All right. We're going to open them all up at the same time and see who wins. Now, if we were going to be shooting three-pointers to win the house... I would feel a lot more nervous. But there was only really one controllable factor is, are we going to put in the best offer that we could put in? Right? Everybody else in the car is talking about, man, there's 18 people outside the house. Man, there's like 30 cars. Well, obviously, people came with their agents, so there's more cars. Okay, but these people are walking up to the house two, three times. Like, what does that mean? Like, I don't know what that means, but what are we going to do about that? What are we going to do about that? The biggest thing that you could ask yourself is this. So what? So what? If something's happening, you got to ask yourself what that really means to you. Is it something I can control? Is it something that is really going to affect the outcome? And if I can't control it, then I have to let it go and wash my hands of it. Because this is going to allow you to think clearly. When you're, when you're cloudy or you're confused, you can't execute. You get away from the things you've practiced. You start looking off the court instead of looking at the net. Right? So you got to control controllable factors. This is a key part of executing. Inside of that stadium with 72,000 people screaming, mostly for the other team. We're just thinking about the ball because the ball is the issue. The ball has always been the issue, and getting it across the goal line is how you win. You don't win the game with oohs and ahs and making cool moves. You win the game with points, scoring, getting it in the end zone, closing deals.
right? Control the controllable factors. So I do a few interviews now and then. And I used to get pretty nervous when the camera gets right up in front of your face and the light comes on and somebody's behind there with a microphone just like this in your face. And they ask you the question real quick. So that was a really tough game. You guys looked like you came out there kind of flat. In my, in my head, I'm like, was that a question? <laughs> but one thing they tell you in media training is this, is always, always tell the truth, right? So if you played like trash, then own that, right? Because the only thing that's really hard to do is keep up a lie, right? And don't put the blame on somebody else. But... When you're in a situation, the best thing you could do is be honest. Like, when I come up here, I don't have a lot of notes. I got, like I told you, what, four words in my Instagram handle, in case you guys want to follow me. <laughs> it's all about telling the truth. And if you're speaking your truth, and if you're talking from your experience, the things that you've done to get prepared, then you can never go wrong. Because at the end of the day, when you tell the truth, the truth is easy. It's easy to be yourself. It's easy to be authentic. It's hard to put on a facade. It's hard to pretend like you're tough. It's hard to pretend like you're somebody who you're not. So at the end of the day, just be yourself and make sure that yourself is somebody who is prepared and uh, good things will happen for you. So I know I'm trying, to, I'm trying to get you guys out here a little early. I know you guys probably been sitting for a little while, but getting to the words the end, there's four components of confidence and if you leave with anything today, I really want you to take this away and understand the concept because you can apply it. And matter of fact, if you don't apply it, even you tell somebody else, they might be able to apply it. It's simple enough that you can spit it back out. I don't know if you guys like alliteration with the four S's, science, study, sport, single focus, or if, if you like these colors that I got right here. Know your body, study your game plan, get your reps, and find your focus. This is what elite athletes do to deliver in clutch situations. When there's one second left on the clock, Kobe Bryant gets the ball in the corner to shoot a jumper. He doesn't see the clock. He doesn't see the crowd. As a matter of fact, he doesn't even see this guy who's in front of him trying to block the shot. Kobe took that shot 10,000 times, that exact same shot. Rolling to the left, grabbing the ball, two feet down, straight up, elbow to the rim, fade away slightly, let his hand go. It all feels the same. There is no ball. It's just him. It's just you. Now, it's up to you if you're going to be a leader or not. So, remember this. That's me. Remember, hey, I'm not that young. Look, that's a black and white photo right there, guys. <laughs> no one is born supremely confident. Nobody. I don't care what you say. Nobody is born supremely confident. There's people who act like they are, but deep down inside, that's really just another way of expressing their insecurities. We all have to become confident leaders. This is something that is a process, a transformation that slowly happens over dedicating years, hours, experiences, moments. This doesn't just happen overnight. You can't just grow your hair out 10 years and start yelling and ah, and get posters. You have to get to this point, slowly. But remember, what you believe is what you see, okay? Now, things are going to happen. You got to understand that your body is a powerful machine. 
It has all of the tools inside that you need to execute at the highest levels. So if you're in front of five, if you're in front of 5,000, it's the same octane that's fueling your performance. And if you're telling yourself that I can't do this, this is too hard, then you won't be able to do it and it will be too hard because your thoughts become your words, your words become your actions, your actions become your habits, and your habits define who you are. A confident leader knows that they are a good leader, even if they haven't led anybody yet. You don't have to be the quarterback of the team. There can only be one quarterback. Sometimes being the best leader is supporting that quarterback in the best way that you can. Playing your role. Don't be the star player. Be a star in your role. And that's how you become a real leader. So when somebody asks you if you're a leader, I want you to do this. Do I have any leaders in the room? Anybody? Anybody? Okay. We got a few. Some of you guys still sleep. <laughs> but I encourage you guys to ask yourself next time you get that little feeling inside like, damn, I don't want to do this presentation. Is it really because you are not confident in yourself or just you haven't unlocked your confidence yet? Because there's a big difference. It's inside all of us. There's a formula to unlock it. And I challenge you guys to step outside your comfort zone and become more confident leaders. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Come Up Podcast. Now, we made it. We're here. We're at the end. That means you were either too lazy to turn this thing off or you actually got something valuable out of this episode. So, that being the case, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. Whether you're on Stitcher, Google Play, or iTunes, go ahead and leave us a five-star rating. When you do your thing, that helps us do our thing. We could just keep this whole thing rolling. So, the C. Stevens signing off. For me, Jimmy, and the rest of Team TCU, keep grinding. We'll see you guys next time.